Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Jumping into part three of this message um, of this series, Leadership and Authority. We're going to be talking about really um, church and the times that we've been hurt by church and spiritual leadership. And so um, I'm going to share my heart on this topic with you. And then we're going to jump into a couple of points and even some scriptures and really get some insight on this topic. And so, you know, many of us have been hurt and disappointed by leadership and authority in our lives. These hurts and disappointments have slowly caused us to lose trust for these roles in our lives to the point where we've rejected their influence in our life completely. But these roles were were put in place to benefit us, to add value to our lives. And so what do we do when we lost all trust and are hurt? You know, I don't know, uh, for those of you watching, if you've ever been in that place where you've been hurt in some way by leadership or authority in your life, whether it's in church or any kind of spiritual guidance, but I know it's it's common. It's, it's, it's happened to many of us. And when we go through that, obviously trust is lost. And sometimes it comes to a point where we completely reject anything to do with spiritual leadership and how much more God and church and, and these things. But the truth is, is it's meant to benefit our lives. And so let's talk about church specifically. Maybe you've never stepped foot in a church. Maybe you've grown up in church. Um, maybe you've tried it out and you just weren't feeling the vibe. <laughs> you know, um, hopefully you haven't experienced a negative situation regarding leadership. But if you have, I really believe that what we're going to talk about today might really give you some insight, some even healing, and just a fresh start when it comes to trusting again, if you will. And, you know, um, when we've been hurt by those in the church that we were supposed to be able to trust with our heart and our life, it causes us to put up walls. It distorts how we see the true heart of God and the purpose of church and community. And thank you, Homer. He's saying he has fallen into the group of not growing up in church. And, and you know, um, just like him and I, actually, where we kind of come from is we didn't grow up in church. Um, I went when I was younger here and there to a Catholic church, actually, and tried it out. And I was young, so I was like, hey, what's for lunch afterwards? I wasn't, you know, um, in that place yet. And, and um, but I will say, as I grew up and even began to serve and, and uh, really, like, follow after God, there was different experiences that we have gone through that have even put us in a place to where we had the decision or choice or um, opportunities to abandon, you know, our hearts to serve, to abandon the ministry, to abandon, um, you know, even uh, uh, our faith. But thank God, you know, during those times of hurts and frustrations that we've encountered, you know, um, we we remembered at the end of the day, like God is our solid rock. Like we are living for him because he is the one who died and rose again for us. So regardless of what we've been through, we stood on that even when the going gets tough. But, you know, sharing this message today, I want you to know that we've been through it. 
we've been through uh, many situations that have left us feeling not so great. Um, left us feeling hurt, left us feeling um, very hurt, very bitter, and had many walls up. But God has really walked us through a journey of great healing and even has redeemed that story to the point where instead of leaving, we decided to continue to press on. And God has even called us to plant a church to 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 do what he's called us to do in this ministry and I see that as a beautiful redemption story of God and what he can do and so today we're going to talk about three points three concepts the first one is abusive spiritual leadership the second one is accepting good and healthy uh, leadership and the last one is being activated under leadership and so let's talk about abusive spiritual leadership sounds ugly you know most of us be like oh I don't want to get into that but let's get into it (laughs) you know it's out there and it's real the truth is is that we cannot avoid being disappointed and hurt in life many of us don't want that we want to avoid conflict we want to avoid hurt but it's there I mean all of you watching I'm almost a hundred percent sure You've encountered hurt and disappointment. When we think of spiritual leadership in our lives, we automatically have a higher standard for them because of their position. This makes sense and it's completely understandable. You know, they're serving God, they're leading people, so you would expect that they are living what they're preaching, that they are living a higher standard. But sometimes we fail to remember that they are They too are imperfect humans that will not get it right every time. That is not a reason to excuse wrong behavior, spiritual abuse, foul treatment, any of that. But it's a reminder of their imperfections and need for mercy. If we are not careful, these past hurts will prevent us from actually experiencing the good and healthy relationships, leadership, and influence that God has for us. And so like I talked about before, you know, um, at the beginning, you know, it, it's, it's when we are hurt and when we've gone through certain things, we end up coming to a place where we have a choice to either be bitter and abandon our faith and abandon our calling and church altogether because of our hurt, or we have uh, uh, the opportunity to press through, to trust in God, and, and see Him redeem your story. Um, hey, Mom, thanks for joining. And Amanda, I see you. I miss you. Good to see you. Um, but like I said, I don't know if y'all have been through this, but whether you have or whether you haven't, I believe this message has something for you. And so I want to read this scripture um, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. And it says this, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, (laughs) um, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will act religious, but they will reject 
the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jambri, something like that, oppose, oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away for this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are. Yeah. And so that is a really like hardcore verse, um, even a little nerve wracking to read because, you know, there's just so much in there. But if you stop for a moment and look around um, and see, okay, Homer said that those two people that I probably mispronounced their name, they're magicians from Exodus. Thank you, Homer. Um, so yeah, go look it up. But anywho, um, this verse is if you look around and see our world today, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing all of these things. People totally um, hating God, living for themselves, controlled by their pleasures, all these different things. They're completely um, just on the other side of, of really like living a life for God, right? And, and But what really stuck out to me in this is that there's people that are acting religious. There are teachers in the faith, in the church, that are not preaching the truth, that have um, selfish ambition, that want to be a leader for personal gain, not for serving people, that, that go out there and are hurting multiple people, are leading people astray, people that are hungry and vulnerable, people that are hurt and overcome by sin, that want freedom, that want... Um, want a better life, that want God, but there are people out there that are uh, saying, hey, I'm pastor so-and-so, come follow me, but they are leading you astray. They don't have a heart for people, and what they're doing is hurting God's people, and these hurt people are abandoning God and their faith because of uh, abusive spiritual leadership. And so I want you to know that the truth is, is that there's people out there like that. The Bible has many verses and many stories about false prophets, false teachers, about people disguising themselves um, as sheep in wolves' clothing. You know, there are unfortunately um, uh, unauthentic people that are trying to do the work of God, but ultimately they're doing the opposite. And so you have to be aware and you have to be careful um, of who you follow, who you watch on YouTube, who you trust your life and heart with. You have to be careful. But what do we do when we experience this spiritual abuse? What do we do? Forgive. That doesn't sound fun and we're not always justified when we forgive. But when we forgive, that is what we're called. Hey, Mary-Kate, thanks for joining. Um, good to see you. But that is what we are called to do. We need forgiveness and perspective. And you know, sometimes there's not just spiritual leaders out there that are like, I'm going to mess people's lives up and just lead them astray. That is my intention. Sometimes there are spiritual leaders out there that don't know any better and they are unknowingly hurting you. Sometimes they're just unknowingly hurting you. It can be for various reasons. 
You know, it could be from their past experiences, the way they perceive life, the way that they were taught. Maybe they had different negative influences or spiritual abuse in their life, and they are just doing and repeating what they were taught. There's many different reasons, but but they are unknowingly hurting people. So there's also those situations. But I want to share this verse um, in Luke 23, 34, and it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You know, how powerful is that? And it makes me think of the times that we've been hurt. Wherever you are, whatever you've experienced, sometimes they just don't know what they're doing. And just like Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross for us, and the people that were once following him were all the way against him, the ones nailing him to the cross, the ones that he was dying for so that they could um, have eternal life with him, he was doing all that he did for them. And they are the ones nailing him to the cross. How many of y'all would say, God, forgive them? If your enemies were nailing you to the cross, spitting in your face and making fun of you, would you be like, oh man, like forgive them, God? Like that would, that would be crazy. But that is what Jesus did because that's his love for us. But how much more can we follow that example, even when it hurts and say, you know what, God, forgive these people that have hurt me for they do not know what they're doing. And I will say that forgiveness is so important when we choose not to forgive those who have hurt us because we want to revenge, we want to be justified, we want um, you know, to be recognized of what they, they've done, but the truth is it enslaves us and prevents us from moving on, prevents us from all that God has for us. We have to clear our hearts because they're just living their life, they don't even care, and we're sitting here in hurt, so forgive. And so moving on to accepting good and healthy leadership, accepting good and healthy leadership. You know, um, have you rejected God or the idea of church because of negative experiences at church with leaders or other Christians? You know, have you felt like you've been at a place where you just don't want anything to do with it anymore? Um, You know, this is the enemy's plan Exactly. He wants to pull you away from God, the one who will never fail you or disappoint you. And he wants to make you believe that what others have done to you is a reflection of God. The enemy wants to distort the way you see God and God-given leadership because he knows that this is the very thing that will change your life for the better. But what if you decided to forgive and just start fresh. Are you open to understand the purpose behind allowing healthy and positive God-given leadership and authority in your life? You know, I want you to ask yourself that question. Are you willing to just, you know, release what you've been through, release the negative thoughts, release this 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 um huge wall you've put up and even these these voices in your head where you said, you know, I'll never go to church again, or I'll never trust a pastor again. They're all in it for this. They're all like this. But the truth is, is that's not the truth. There are healthy leaders out there. There are spiritual um, people who actually care about you. There are great churches that intentionally want you to be a part and believe in you. But if you've experienced the opposite, I'm telling you, that's not all that's out there. 
And, um, you know, I want to read these two verses that I feel really give us some insight on, um, you know, what this looks like. And in Proverbs eleven fourteen it says, Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. So that's a simple verse that basically says, like, we need wise leadership. Not only, I mean, it's very obvious right now that our nation needs that. Without that, you know, our nation comes... Um, crumbling down but how much more in our lives how much yes you may think you know it all you're you can do this all by yourself well the truth is is we don't and you don't you know we all need wise counsel we all need wise leadership to say hey i have these thoughts let's run it by like there's other people who know stuff you're not the only one who knows it all who's researched it all who has the right answer but there is god-given wise leadership out there that would help you um navigate through life and it says there is safety there is safety in having many advisors and moving on to the second verse that really breaks down church leadership it says this ephesians 4 11 through 16 and it says now these are the gifts that christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and teachers their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and will continue um, in, in the knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is ahead of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There is such thing as healthy leadership and church, and it is to benefit our life and lead us to a greater purpose. You know, this verse has so much in it. It says, look, like God has given as a gift spiritual leaders. And these spiritual leaders have all different jobs and all different responsibilities for one purpose. So spiritual leaders are good. It's to build up the church. It's to equip us to do and fulfill our purpose. You know, and that is a gift from God to our lives and to the church. And what I think is very powerful is that when we allow these spiritual gifts and leaders in our lives, it not only equips and builds us up, but we, it, it, it gives, they teach us and, um, and lead us into the truth of the word and the Bible and what God says to the point where we will be no longer tricked by lies. Have you heard of all those new teachings out there? There's always a new teaching, a new weird religion, people knocking at your door saying, hey, have you heard of mother God, sister God, brother God? Dude, there's only one God, like it's simple, you know, but there are so many teachings and, and weird things um, that people wanna bring to you. You know, and if you don't know the truth, if you don't know the truth for yourself, and if you don't have 
um, spiritual leadership that knows the truth and preaches the truth to you and encourages you and leads you, then you're going to be going with anything you hear. You know, and I feel like nowadays that's what it is. The people are chasing this fulfillment, enlightenment, this spiritual ooga booga ways. And the Bible even says, there's a scripture that says people are going to go with whatever tickles their ear. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. And what happens is they end up making their own God. People want to just be like, okay, what kind of God do I want? I want one that likes this, that lets me do this, and that thinks this is okay, and um, that I can go to whenever I... Like, I don't know what you want your God to look like, but so many times we're trying to make up our own God, and that isn't who God is, and it it's leading us astray. And so when we have good, healthy leadership in our life, they help us... Um, not fall into these tricks of these crazy um, things out there, these crazy teachers, these crazy teachings. And so it is so powerful um, to be able to find this true healthy leadership. And how do we do that? How do we find healthy churches, healthy church leadership? Let me read this verse here, um, 1 Timothy 3, 2, uh, 2 through 7. And it says, so a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home. He must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle and not quarrelsome and not love money. For if a man can't manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. And so there's many more verses in the Bible that you could find about uh, healthy church leadership and what that looks like. But this verse has some simple things to look for. You want leadership, you know, and I'll share um, this. There's a verse in the Bible that says, you will know a tree by its fruit. You will know a person by their actions. Um, That doesn't mean you just go judge a person right away and be like, oh, I think they're like this. No, but as you get to know people, as you get to know leadership, you will be able to see their character, the kind of life that they live before you know it, and you will be able to tell a tree by its fruit. So what kind of fruit are they um, showing? Are they producing? And so um, you won't be blind to it. It will be right there. But through this verse, there's a couple things that pop out. A person with integrity. You know, are they preach? Are they living what they preach? Do they? Um, are they people? You know, who gossip or do they have integrity in what people confide in them? You know, people. Uh, someone of morals. Do they have morals? You know, are they living a life with morals and living what they preach, if that makes sense? You know, do they have character? Do do they care for people? Do they have certain principles that they live by? Do they have character? And do they have a heart of a servant? You know, we're going to go more into that heart of a servant and leadership in a minute. But even in this verse, you know, even having people in your home, it says, why would they put that? But even having people in your home, you know, shows a bit of a heart of a servant. 
You know, do you, do you want to just preach to people and lead them and be all high and mighty? Or do you want to have humble experiences with them? Do you want to bring them in and, um, and, and do life together, break bread together? Do you want to host them in your home and serve them? You know, and the true heart of a leader is not just one who's up there that you can't even go shake their hand on Sunday morning. Um, not trying to hate, but you get what I'm saying, but it's more personal um, that actually care about the people that they're preaching to, the people that they're leading. And so integrity, morals, character, the heart of a servant. You know, so I encourage you, find a pastor, a church, spiritual leadership who follows these examples. But I tell you, when you get in the word, you will find um, it will lead you into um, what to look for. It will protect you and guard you and even lead you to these things. And I want to end this second point with this verse, Mark 10, 42 through 45. And it says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love this verse um, for so many reasons, but you know, I don't know if you've been in that position where you've had leaders, authority over you that flaunted over you, that make you, that don't appreciate you or empower you, but they belittle you, but they make fun of you and, and they don't appreciate the hard work that you're doing or encourage you or believe in you and just flaunt their authority over you. You know, that is a very common thing these days because pe when people think of leadership, they think of just being high and mighty and in charge. It's, it's a prideful kind of leadership, a selfish kind of leadership because they want to feel good about themselves because really they're struggling with insecurity and just want to be able to tell people what to do. But that is not true leadership, you know? But what this verse is saying is God is saying true leadership is serving others, not just being the one who's teaching everyone everything, but being the one that goes and helps them at 3 a.m., being the one that goes and serves them when they, they can't cook for themselves, being the one that does the dirty work. You know, what is the dirty work? What do your people really need? What are the people that, that you have influence over, that you um, are a pastor over, a leader over, or influencer, whatever that looks like, what do they really need? You know, sometimes they need that encouraging message, but sometimes they need you as a person to actually be there and care about what they're going through, you know, or be the one to wash their dishes when, you know, they just had a baby. I don't know, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but God is showing us here that it's not just about your position, but about the heart of a servant. And I love that it says that Jesus himself didn't come to be served. He was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He could have came down on earth with his crown, with his robe, with all he ever wanted, with angels all around him saying, hey, wash my feet, I'm Jesus. Like he could have done that. He could have had all his, you know, bling bling and be like, hey, like, you know, like I'm all that because he is. <laughs> But he decided to take all that off and come to serve us when we were the least deserving of it all because that is the heart of a leader. And so know his love for you in this, but also know 
that this is what true leadership is, healthy leadership. And there is such thing as finding that now in this, in this world. And so um, moving on to our last point, activated under leadership. You know, once you find a church you can call home, the person you can call pastor, the spiritual leadership you can trust, you have found a place where you can plant your feet and make a difference. You know, um, with this last point, I really want it to be a challenge for us listening. You know, we've, we've gone through the part of being hurt, taking time to forgive, releasing it, Then we talked about what to look for. We talked about healthy leadership, what that looks like. And now we're gonna talk about us. What role do we play? What difference can we make in this all? We're not just a victim here to spiritual abuse, okay? We're not gonna leave this message saying, I'm a victim, I forgive, I'm better. No, how can we use this and make a difference now? How can we use it and not only just feel better, but change what's around us? If, if you don't like what you've been experiencing, well, why don't you start the difference? Why don't you be that leader? You don't have to have a name or a name tag. You don't have to be told you're this, you're that, you're deacon so-and-so, the fifth. I don't know. You don't have to be any of that, but you, just where you're at, can serve others. Because remember, leadership is serving others others how can you do that right now in your life you know and so but once you find even in the church um you know a church and a person and a leadership that you can trust you found a place where you can plant your feet and make a difference find spiritual leadership who believes in you and empowers you to use your gifts not ones that are intimidated by you and hide you because they're afraid that you're gonna come out and be seen and and pass them up you know there's a story in the bible about david and saul Uh, um, um, david was a king and he did great things and saul was so intimidated by him that he tried to kill him because he literally talked about him being jealous that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. And instead of Saul saying, good boy, you got this, you're going to do even greater than me and cheering him on, he was jealous of him and he hated the fact that he was doing great things. Let's not be those leaders and let's not plan ourselves around that leadership. But you have to find leadership who sees your gifts, who empowers you, and, and helps you to make a difference and serve one another and find your purpose. And you know, one of our core values as a church is this, serve and sow in order to grow. Sounds kind of catchy, serve and sow in order to grow. When you begin to serve into a vision that's greater than yourself, sow into the kingdom of God, that is when you truly begin to grow. You know, you have the power to make a difference. You want to, just like you hear that famous quote, be the difference that you want to see in the world. But honestly, you know, there is so much fulfillment to be found as you begin to serve in your local church and be surrounded by life-giving leadership and community. You know, you can have a relationship with God, just you and Him amazing but you know what we fail to realize that it is so important to have community 
It is so important to have life-giving community when we are down in our faith, when we have times that we're tempted to abandon it, when we have doubts and we don't have community to run to. It's so easy to leave and no one would notice. But when you plug yourself in to spiritual leadership and and community, there is so much fulfillment. There is so much purpose and value to your walk with God more than just you alone. And I want to share two verses as we come to a close um, on this. In Matthew six thirty three, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I'm going to share this, just jump into this other verse because it's really going to tie this together. And it says in Matthew 16, 24 to 26, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And you know, sometimes we try to find fulfillment in random things. I don't know what it looks like for you. We trust ourselves to fulfill ourselves. We run to self-destructive habits, countless accomplishments, toxic relationships. The list can go on and on. We all have different things we run to, to try to feel fulfilled. But as you begin to surrender your life to God and trust Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, your guide, your purpose giver, your shepherd, your teacher, the lover of your soul, there you will find life. This verse above is not just like, hey, you better lose your life or follow me or else. No, the heart behind it is saying this, that when you're chasing everything else, you lose your life. You're chasing fulfillment in other places. You're running from God and everything that he wants to uh, do for you. But it says when you surrender to him, when you give up your life for him, there is where you find life. There is where the fulfillment that you are yearning for inside. And sometimes you don't know, you know, like, what is that hole? What am I feeling? What am I longing for? It's Jesus. (laughs) I've been there. I didn't give my life to Christ until I was 18. I, I've been on both sides. And I tell you right now, I was looking for Jesus. And once I found him, that is when my soul was fulfilled. Was my life perfect afterwards? No, we've been through countless hard times. But Jesus remained my hope. He remained my, my solid rock. I was able to lean on him rather than having darkness and no hope. And going back to this, I gave up my life and I gave it to him. And then there and there is where I found life. And you know, um, you will find what you've been searching for all along in him and his purpose for your life. And you know, this ties into two things, finding that, that church, that those church leaders, the spiritual leadership that will Um, activate your purpose because I really believe when you serve in your church whether you have a fulfilling career you're a fulfilled stay-at-home mom you know whatever it is or whether you don't no matter what when you serve um, in the kingdom of God and and God's church and when you are around a life-giving community there you are fulfilled there is no fulfillment like it i've experienced it and it gives you life it gives you life to make a difference and to serve others you know 
And ultimately, at the end of it all, it's Jesus, the one that is the one who fulfills our soul, the one that you're yearning for and searching for. I'll tell you right now that though it might feel scary to give your life to him and surrender to him, that is where you'll find all that you've been looking for. And, you know, as we close up right now, I want to pray with y'all, but I really pray that this um, message and, and this these scriptures really encourage your soul and and um, helped you in whatever you might be going through. And I know for me, it did. And I know for me, God has really walked me through this, um, this kind of these kind of situations and brought wholeness and healing to our lives. Um, and so if today you're listening in and maybe you've been hurt, um, maybe it's by spiritual leadership, but maybe just in general, maybe your heart is hurting because you've been betrayed or hurt by somebody. Maybe you've been at a place where you felt even um, just away from God and maybe you're even rejecting God and you realize today that it was not because of him but because of what you've been through not because of him but because of other people and maybe you're at a place where you're like God you know what I want to come back to you or I want to start taking steps with you and start a relationship with you I'll tell you that it's one of the most powerful things you can do and I've been there too so Pray this simple prayer after me if that's something that you want to do. Make Jesus your Lord, your Savior, and start with him today. So just pray this with me. Dear God, I thank you that you are so good, that you, God, are a good, good father, that though I've been hurt, though I've experienced um, these lies of, of what people have painted you as, today I see that that is not true that you are good. God, I wanna be in a life-giving community. I wanna flourish. I wanna be fulfilled. I want to find my purpose. I wanna serve your people and serve you. God, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Remove my guilt, remove my shame, remove this hurt. Help me to forgive others. And I ask you to forgive me. God, I ask you to speak purpose to me. I ask you to lead me to a life-giving uh, church, to life-giving spiritual leadership, and to a life-giving community. I want to be plugged in, and I want to start this new life with you, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead. I love you, God, and I need you. In Jesus' name. And, you know, if you took time to pray that prayer today, um, we're here for you. You know, we, like I said earlier, we need community. We need each other. Um, and we're here to pray with you, to, to talk with you, whatever it is. But we'd love to connect with you. And we're really happy that you made that prayer and decision to just take that step with God. Um, and so, again, I hope this message was encouraging. Um, we really hope to see you all soon in person. And, um, you know, as we're coming to a close, remember to join us every Saturday at 830. Stay connected. Text us. And if you are listening and you, you know, have it on your heart to uh, be a part and, and sow into the kingdom and give even to Grave Talk, know that I know that even that subject can be a sensitive one. Trusting church, trusting leadership with your tithes and with your offerings and this whole giving thing, that in itself has been a distorted topic because there have been people that have abused that and have, um, have 
you know, abuse people in that way or definitely um, have been deceptive. I understand that and I get it. But it is important to find a home church and a place where you can honor God and serve God even in your giving because that is a powerful and important part of our faith. It makes a difference in our growth and in our faith. So when you have it on your heart to give and sow into a church and, a, and God's kingdom in a, in, in a place you trust and believe, there is power in that. So, you know, if you end up feeling like Gravetop is that church that you trust and you want to serve God and honor God in your tithes and offerings, you can do that in a very simple way. Our website, Gravetop.com, um, if you just go to the Give tab, we have multiple simple ways to give, whether it's Venmo, Cash App, text to give online or the old-fashioned way, mail it, mail it in through check um, or anything like that. All the information you need is on the website very simple. And so um, we thank you for your support in that way. And we appreciate you. You make a difference um, by doing that. And with all that being said, I hope y'all have a good night. Loved hanging out with y'all. And we'll see y'all next time. Good night. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.